The following is a Stick Boy We Talk production. The following contest scheduled for one fall. I am the man. If you're some man, what the rock is talking. What it is, what it do, welcome to the One Fall Podcast on We Talk Podcast. Joshua Adam Lamar is not with the ultimate babyface, Mr. Joel Johnson. Well, I guess Jericho finally got a thank you. It took a little bit, but he got it. And the futurist, the crown prince of charisma. Martin. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> hey yo. Hey yo. Well, gentlemen, it was one of the biggest nights in AEW history. Blood and Gluts happened. That's why we are here. There's a lot of other big stories on the side of professional wrestling, which we'll get to, but right now it is all about AEW Dynamite and Blood and Guts. Who wants to go first? You know what? I'll go first. I'll sure. throw it. I'll uh, I thought overall it was a good show. I thought, you know, you, you see you see the storytelling from AEW, and you see the strength of this company. You still you, there there were mistakes, there were uh, missteps tonight. Obviously, I don't think this company will ever not have the occasional misstep and uh, mistake made, which is perfectly fine. Uh, I think that they perfectly built to. Sheeta and Britt Baker. That's one of the one of the things that were announced tonight, and I think it it, it was perfect. It was exactly what you want for uh, a champion that has had the longest reign in AEW. People will want to see Britt challenge for the title. It all kind of works together. Uh, I think uh, I I didn't I didn't like that they've already kind of alluded to who Kenny's facing with Orange Cassidy. But I get creating that desire to see Orange beat Pac and then Orange versus Kenny, Kenny, which I was not expecting at double or nothing. But based on the reaction Orange got, it's not a it's not a terrible call for the company. Uh, and the final match, there's there's a really a lot to dissect from this. Uh, overall, I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. I didn't feel like it was too car crashy like what NXT's War Games are. Mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like NXT's war games have already jumped the shark, and they've jumped the shark a while ago. This was, it felt really much just like a group of 10 people that just wanted to beat the ever-loving piss out of each other. There were a few couple botches in the match, uh, and chairs connecting with noggins. Not a good call at all, especially with everything nope. we know. But with that said, uh, I saw some people online just very briefly complaining about the bump that Jericho took at the end. But I have no issue with the bump that Jericho took at the end. Uh, the guy's 50. I, I think you're going to remember more of bloody MJF pushing him off than Jericho landing in a pile of cardboard, essentially. And I mean, wrestling fans ha- seem to have this obsession with wrestlers taking uh, stupid, unnecessary bumps that hurt them and leave them more crippled than they need to be. So I've got no issue with how Jericho took the bump. You could have probably made it look a little bit better, but ultimately the winner of tonight was MJF. Like he he has grit to his character now. He's a psychopath. There's no stopping uh, Max, Max Maxwell Jacob Friedman because he is he, he's on the very tippity top of the mountain and he's the pinnacle. You go, Josh. Uh, yeah, I thought the show was okay. I didn't. I thought when it went to the top of the cell, the match kind of fell apart for me. I did not like how the match ended. Personally, was not a fan of that. I want. I I, I liked everything in the ring. I like how they were building stuff in the ring. But once it went on top and the quit or throw him off, wasn't a fan of that. And then obviously him throwing it off was very predictable. No problem with the Jericho bump. I know Jericho's probably always wanted to do a bump like that. So I'm totally okay with that. Good for him at 50 years old. No problem with the bump at all but I wasn't really a, a, a fan of them calling the match because he was going to get thrown off there. I guess you can kind of talk about the family unit and all that. that. That's cool. I just thought when the match went to the top of the cage, there was a real problem with that. I thought this match also kind of stumbled a little bit 
from the pitcher and pitcher at times. Uh, I thought, you know, uh, you know, that, you know, you're kind of limited to what you have. I thought I couldn't help but wonder would this have been better to be on double or nothing when you didn't have to deal with the pitcher and pitcher because there was times when serious things were happening in the pitcher and pitcher, like the ring getting torn up and other spots that I was like, man, this would have been better served to maybe be on the double or nothing pay-per-view instead of on TV because of the pitcher and pitcher. Overall, though, I had a good time with it. Uh, I thought they did a good job, like you talked about on the other side, building up Britt. I thought Britt looked good. Uh, I thought they did a good job of building up Miro. That was really good. Ethan Page was well done. The tag match to build it. I mean, next week's AW almost seems like it's going to be better than this one. And that's what you want. You want every week to feel better than the next. So they did a really good job with that. I didn't like Cody beating QT. I thought that was a lost opportunity. Cody just seems way too OP and kind of like early 2000s Triple H right now with all the winning that he's getting. I wasn't, so I wasn't a huge fan of that. But so overall, a, a fun show. I just, I thought my one gripe was when it went to the top of the cage, the match kind of fell apart a little bit, especially the way they were shooting it. There was still stuff also going on in the ring and they weren't shooting it. The, the focus became on Jericho and MJF. And look, did it help MJF's character? Sure. That's great. But it, it was kind of just a little wah-wah at the end of how the match goes, Morton. Uh, I was... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say the other the other thing I forgot to mention is, and it ties in with what you said, is the build for Nagata. It's a one-week build, yeah. but I think that video package that they had, hearing Kevin Kelly, hearing Rocky Romero, seeing all of that just absolutely solidifies that at least as long as AEW has John Moxley, there is definitely 100% a working relationship between New Japan and AEW, and it's great. Like This is, this is fantastic, and bringing Nagata in, this isn't going to draw new eyeballs into the product. The reality is I don't think there's anyone in professional wrestling that will bring in new eyeballs, but this is a treat for hardcore wrestling fans and a treat for fans that have wanted AEW and New Japan to work together. So I, I'm really excited for next week. Well, this match, I don't know if it's bringing in new uh, eyeballs to professional wrestling, but I do believe this match brought new eyeballs to uh, to AEW. Uh, I'm not yeah. sure what it'll peak at, but uh, I mean, 1.4 million seems like the low estimate for that what this will guess. peak at. That um, guess. Yeah, I mean, it could go as high as 1.6, I could see. Um, mm-hmm. it, it being an hour, I think, really helps the build and, and the craziness. Uh, the, the guys in, you know, I mean, I agree with you. Cody should not have won. It doesn't make any sense to turn QT and have everything, and then, but I guess as QT isn't the guy that this is Anthony Agogo that they yeah. see as the as the money, right? Not as QT, and, and I, I think, get that. That's I obviously that's, on the pay per view. Yeah, and uh, I I absolutely because Cody's been talking about this Ogogo, uh, Ogogo for a while. I absolutely think Cody's losing at the pay per view, so Cody could take the win here. As long as a go-go gets the win at the pay-per-view, which I think will be the bigger deal. And he's yeah. the bigger star of uh, everyone in the factory, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, absolutely. He's the guy with the most potential, and I understand that. And there's a few people with potential in that in that group. So I, I, I agreed that uh, the QT Marshall should have gone, probably gone <laughs> over. But uh, but I understand why, I mean, if Anthony Go goes where they're the direction they're going, I understand why they did it. I would have had QT mm-hmm. win with, with uh, Ogogo helping him win, co- costing yeah. Cody the match, and then Cody looking for revenge on it. But that's, yeah. that's just the direction I would have gone. Um, uh, as for the main event, I mean, one thing you have to say, I mean, I don't know how WWE passed on Sammy Guevara when mm-hmm. he did the tryout for them. Uh, and, and the people in the people in AEW, like the performers from top to bottom, and you saw it in that main event, but it's, it's obvious for the rest of the show as well. They're absolutely, these people are so hungry for, to be huge stars. Like they are so hungry that they'll do anything to become big stars. And, uh, you know, sometimes the talent needs to be, Saved from themselves, yeah. When they have that attitude, and that's one complaint I can have about AEW, and one complaint I can also have, especially. I mean, I just watched the Shingo uh, earlier today. I also watched Shingo versus Osprey. I haven't seen and it. I haven't seen it. Okay, it's a six. Tonight. It's a six-star match, like mm. literally. It's incredible, but it's the same thing. Like you watch it, and you go. At some point, you have to wonder. 
should these guys be saved for themselves? Because they're putting themselves through ridiculous things. And uh, it's probably more dangerous than this match was. As far as the ending, um, I would also agree. I think it was a little anticlimactic. You know, uh, it, it just didn't feel like the, it felt rushed. All of a sudden, he, they're at the top of the cage. He's going to throw them off. And I didn't mind the bump. I don't think the bump, I think that's perfectly a, a perfectly safe bump. Um, you know, I, I don't think that's, you know, it, I mean, it's it's a lot more safe than when I see uh, a lot of the bumps of Shane McMahon does, and he's a little bit older than, than Jericho. So uh, overall, I will give it a, a, a mild thumbs up. But uh, I think my problem is I feel a little overwhelmed with everything yeah. that was thrown at me tonight. Do you Especially think it was... the end, hey, Morton? So like, interview, yeah. here's, here's Kenny, here's, here's, like, it just felt like they were trying to cram everything in when this show was like this one magic extravaganza. And then especially that last like 10, 15 minutes before Blood and Guts, it felt like we're just jamming as much shit as we can in. The, I don't mind the Crash TV uh, style because that's what the Attitude Era was when it was at its best. And, and AEW sometimes reminds me of that where they're just throwing so much stuff at you, but uh, but it's paced properly, so it, it's not that big a deal. But definitely, I mean, the main event also felt to me like overwhelming. There's so much stuff happening. So that combined with, uh, with those last 15 minutes before the the blood and guts match. Yeah, I definitely think so. I, I definitely think I feel a little bit overwhelmed. Um, maybe, maybe like tomorrow I'll look back at this and I'll enjoy it more. There's a chance I'll go back and watch it again. Um, you know, we'll, there's, there's a lot there to digest, but uh, mm-hmm. the chair shots of the head. No, no, you could have done, you could have done everything without that. There's, there's no excuse for that, and uh, it's got to be stopped. Like that's it. Yep. There's no, you know, yep, yep. There's, there's enough dangerous stuff happening around the head and neck area, anyways. You know, um, yeah. I mean, you just brought Christian into the company, who for seven years was retired because of before because of concussions. You know. Um, yeah, uh, I was disgusted by that. It it it's it's a shame uh, because it's you you don't need it. Like even uh, I'll even say like tying it in with just wrestling in general. Like I I I think the con- concertos you can just you can get rid of anything around the head at this point. Just we have we have enough knowledge. It's just too risky. I know when you're making the impact with the concert the concerto, it's the tip of the chair hitting the other tip of the chair, and it's not making really any contact. There's still room for error. There's just no need for anything more. I mean, all you have to do is say Chris Benoit and head trauma, and I think that should be enough for anyone to go, hey, maybe I don't need to take a chair shot to the head anymore. Maybe we need to cut this out. Like, And especially for someone like having Dean Malenko and Chris Jericho around, and, I mean, you you got to think that... that that their world blew up in 07. So it should be to the point where it's like, yeah, no, chair shots, we don't need them anymore. Just cut it out. They're just so fucking violent, man. They're so fucking violent. And it just makes me cringe every single time. I, I, I don't know about you guys. I can't watch the Rumble match with Foley and Rock anymore. I just can't do it. No. It's too painful. It's too how painful is to watch. Fo- how is Foley still functioning? Well, even he's admitted that he doesn't function at the level he believes he should. Yeah. You know, um, well, and and I think that's probably true. Treasures on A and A and E, like he's fucking slow. Yeah, the way he moves around. Well, yeah, he definitely moves like he was, like he's broken down. But I mean, even just his mental capacity, uh, you know, he 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 admits that uh, he, there's times that he. You know, I mean, a lot of these guys. There's times that they they lose their track of their train of thought and this type of thing. And um, mm-hmm. to me, when I see this, I'm watching it. I think this looks indie. This looks so yeah. indie. And and mm-hmm. just yeah, please don't do it anymore. Yeah. Um, it. I think I I think my overall feelings on the night and on the match would be higher without those spots. I think I'd be going, man, that mm-hmm. was awesome. Uh, and as it, it is, I'm going, I, I liked it. But 
Miles some sloppy spots too. Like there was the one with Charles Wilder walked in that was a little sloppy. Warlow at times was a little green, a little sloppy. At times Warlow looked great, but other times Warlow looked very green still. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, so it's I, a I, I crazy it's environment. Sammy oh, had the one so crazy, slip, but yeah. that's because those ropes got yeah. really slippery with the, everybody sweating on them. You yeah. know. So this, the the Spanish fly that they got off was great. Uh, oh, that was awesome. There were there were some fantastic spots, and I think like I think I could have done without them tearing up the ring and exposing the uh, the wood. I think well, for you, one spot. I, well, nothing I think, came out of it really. Yeah, it was I'm just the spike pile driver. Yeah, it's yeah. just the spike pile driver. Like to me, like when when Kenny was wrestling, was it uh, was it Moxley, and he did the Phoenix Splash on it, and then. Then Moxley did the uh, the Death Rider on the on uh, on the uh, exposed wood, and then it's like, okay, this, this was used for two spots. Kenny dipped into the pool, failed, and then Moxley was able to capitalize and tie everything in. I think I think it could have I, I think just beating the piss out of each other, uh, removed the chair shots to the head, and just beating the hell out of each other and i think you would have been just fine again i still i still think that visual of mjf on the top the blood the blood soaked face the evil grin i think it's just it's just where it needs oh, to be money the, the there's one, another guy how did wwe not scoop this guy up at like yeah. four years did they ever ago? have a chance uh they could have i mean i i just don't think i don't know that he had a tryout but yeah. so you can recruit him you know what i mean yeah well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, me and Josh had this conversation earlier today, and I kin it to sports. WWE has really struggled with their talent scouting. Like you talk, like the NHL drafts coming up. We had the CFL draft, and scouts' jobs are to find the next big young talent to come in and trying to find guys like uh, Andrew Majnapani or Rasmus Anderson that you can steal uh, in the second and third round. That will be a guy that will be an impact player for you. And Andrew Majinapani for the Flames is a steal. WWE has failed to find any of those steals. Like, how did they miss on Darby? How did they miss on MJF? How did they miss on Sammy? Like, you can, you you have a long list of names of like, how did you miss this? Like Sammy Guevara, well, they're, Jade. They're, they're not big. Jade. Jade yeah. begged them for a tryout. She begged them. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, how could you miss on her? You look at her, and that's money. I yeah. mean, you know, I mean, uh, Britt Baker's been doing good, but I wouldn't have her win the title just because I'd have Jade win it. You know, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that I think too many guys also juiced. Uh, I think that's another problem with the match. Uh, mm-hmm. I know it's called blood and guts, but I mean, what the six crowd or seven was chanting of the guys... guts at one point. The 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 one spot I did like, uh, and it was based on the crowd reaction as well, was uh, when they took the fork to MJF, and then the crowd started chanting, um, "Do it again, do it again, do it again," because it just it's it's kind of solidified MJF as just being that target asshole. They just want to see yeah. him get absolutely beaten to to ever loving fuck and. All you got to do is tuck that fork into your hand, make sure nothing's sticking out, and then you're just basically walloping the guy with your fist. And it looks like you stuck the guy, and everyone's everyone's oh, yeah. good. And yeah, it, it was totally a safe, a safe spot, but it looked and, like, it looked fantastic. And, and, and that's the point. But I I think I I figured most of the guys were going to get color in this match because they were talking about uh, the war games where most of the guys were bleeding and I'm like, oh, they're going to want to go back to doing what they've done in the original war games where most of the guys are busted open. Uh, so that I was like, that's probably where we're going with this. I, Cause I think they talked about it on uh, the road to blood and guts. And I was like, they talked about like nine out of 10 people bleeding. And I was like, oh yeah, they're, they're definitely going to aim for that quota. Cause they're going to want to have everyone, uh, literally covered in blood yeah and and they did and that that road to blood and guts by the way was fantastic yeah as was the the, the segment with qt marshall in the uh yes. psychiatrist's office uh, see that's where that's where i'm disappointed like uh, i don't think you should have had 
Like, it, I I guess for a wrestling fan, you kind of have to wait. if it, As long as it pays off with a go-go beating Cody in a big pay-per-view match, then that, that kind of makes up for it. But ultimately... I think you have the right idea on how how that should have gone, uh, but this is this is the one thing that I like about AEW is it's the storytelling. Like they do a very good job telling a story, and I feel like they're thinking a couple steps ahead. Oh, there's no question. I mean, I was thinking about that earlier today. How, like, I was I was thinking about the heels, the Bucks, and how great they are as heels, and I was. And then all of a sudden, it just occurred to me. It's like you know, I'm not because of that. I'm not going to see the Bucks versus the Good Brothers, and I'm not going to see the Bucks against FTR again. Not that FTR aren't in a premium spot, but I'm not going to see that for so long because they're both heels now. Yeah, and I don't think they're about that off air today. Yeah, I don't think that they're against putting heels against heels, but the, it's something they're not going to do often. And and it's like I want to see that match again, and you're making me wait. But I will. I know I will see it again. Yeah. And I know when I do, I'm going to be amped beyond belief. But that match was so fantastic. It, it's just such a different um, mindset than WWE where they, you know, I mean, I don't know how sick you guys are, Braun Strowman and, and McIntyre and Lashley interacting yeah. already. Uh, but they've just completely ruined that that triple threat for me. I'm just so sick of seeing those guys together. Whereas, you know, I mean, you get all, all these fresh matchups and, and they hold things off. Yeah, uh, maybe maybe well, too long in AEW, well, but better than the other Orton, side. It, so, I mean, you look at Orange Cassidy tonight, it felt like everyone was so ready for it, right? I mean, even something so simple in WWE, they bring Moonstar in uh, right on Monday, and he's 50-0. and 0. Now, it's the stupid stat. He's been on 205 Live and stuff, but why not go with that? You know, even if you have him in the open challenge with Sheamus, like, cool, Moonstar is 50-0. and 0. And now he has to face. Now he gets to face Sheamus for the U.S. Open, and then Sheamus right. beats him and whatever. But like, it's not Moonstar. It's that. it's Mansoor. Mansoor, yeah, whatever. Mansoor. Yeah. <laughs> so just little shit like that. Just, just, uh, and that's a little. But it's true. AW does that. Even like with the the Miro stuff tonight. With you know, we didn't even talk about the Darby stuff. I thought the Darby stuff was awesome. Everything oh. Darby was awesome. And now it's like. Now you're like, well, will he be able to show up? Or will he forfeit the title to Miro? It's like perfectly well done. You don't know what's going to happen. But more or less, Darby's going to come in and look like more of a badass than he ever has. Well, now and... you have an excuse when Darby loses is the thing. You have yeah. an out for him. And you have a rematch with him and Miro. But on the other yeah. hand, it's like, do you want to take the title off this guy? He's been doing incredible as a rating straw. Incredible. Yeah. It, and that's the thing where you, you look at these guys and you start looking at the numbers and like... I just got to say, watching Darby fly into Ethan Page, just in how much he throws himself into it, he's a guy that's much like Will Ospreay that's going to be need to, that's, they're going to have to go, you need to slow down a bit. You need to, because you're going to end up just being Well, bad. the thing is, if he'd never wrestled, he'd still have to slow down a bit and he'd still be beat up because he'd be doing it on a skateboard. Yeah. See, that's the thing. Still, you know? But he's he is a proven. He's I think he's probably the first legit star yeah. that AEW has made. Yeah, I think he's I would, the. I think yeah, it's either him or MJF. Yeah, and, and, and Orange Cassidy again. Uh, I mean, yeah. is the guy who sells all the merch, and and you talk about the reaction he got. It's funny because Orange Cassidy's push is equal to the reaction he gets and to the merch he sells. Whereas in WWE, the reaction you get and the merch you sell doesn't necessarily equal your push. In fact, if it's not the reaction they want... Exclusive day. Exactly. Thank you very much. If it's not the reaction and you're selling you know, merch and you're not the guy they want to do that, they're not going to give you... They're not necessarily going to give you the push. They're going to bury you. It's, it's, it's such a messed up... Yeah, it's such a messed up mindset that whereas AEW, it's like oh orange cassidy's selling merch and he's way over with this crowd let's have him only have one you know i mean let's have his record be great and have him become a number one contender and and let's give him the push equal to his popularity what a concept could darby be all out what do you mean instead of like well i know we all think it's hangman but could darby be the guy at all out 
What do you mean, the the guy at All Out? What do you? The, the guy that faces Kenny at All Out. Oh, oh, okay. I, I thought that I was going to be Orange think Cassidy. It's be Hangman. Like I know we all think like, it's going to be Hangman. I, I, I don't think it's going to be Hangman after the way he lost to Brian Cage last week. I thought yeah. for sure it's going to be Eddie Kingston. Like yeah. to me, they're building it towards Eddie Kingston. But mm-hmm. now I thought it was going to be Orange Cassidy with the way they're they're building it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, and that's what I thought. I and that's what I said to Josh. I, initially, I thought it was going to be Eddie versus uh, Kenny, and then even after the beat. But once the Bucks came out for the beatdown angle, I was like, "Oh, I think it's Bucks versus Moxley and Eddie." Uh, yeah, because I, I I do think the Bucks are ending SCU's tag team and by proxy. Christopher Daniels in ring career, and that's just going to make them bigger dicks, which is going to be exactly what you want. Um, the other interesting thing, I think, I think between uh, All Out and Double or Nothing, I I do wonder if Kenny's going to face off with another belt collector in New Japan, who just became a, a, what was it, a quadruple uh, crown champion. I, uh, I I do wonder if uh, a certain uh, wrestler will be making showing up in Florida and hanging out and facing Kenny Omega on AEW. Well, right now it feels like the only guy that is going to work with New Japan is Moxley. Yeah, but you know, the more that he does, it feels like it just just like the ice thaws a little bit more. You know, the fact that the, the, the New Japan, that the U.S. title is being defended not on New Japan Strong, but on uh, AEW Dynamite is significant. That's, yeah. uh, I feel like the, 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 you know, if before, like, before the door was cracked open, the, the forbidden door or whatever, it was just cracked open. It feels like it's getting, it feels like it's about to get busted wide open. And I and that's why I, I I could foresee the summer program for Kenny potentially being uh, Jay White and Kenny trying to get the never open weight title because he's never held the never open weight title, and that would be the last piece of his. I don't think YouTube. you're going to see two heels go against each other. I I think you could present Jay as a babyface to the uh, Jay and the Tongans as a babyface to uh, the AEW audience. I don't think so. Ah. Uh, maybe. Maybe, maybe you could present, uh, you know, um, I would agree. Maybe you could present the uh, G.O.D. as as baby faces. I think that could work. But Jay White is such a Jay White. The the three best heels in the business are Jay White, MJF and El Fantasmo. Not Roman. No, God, no, he's not at their level. He's a good heel. He's a good heel, but he's not at their level. When you watch them. And you see what, well, huh. I think about it. He might be as good as MJF. I mean, Jerry White mm-hmm. and El Fantasma are the top two. <laughs> like, they're just, they're so slimy that you just can't help but hate them, even though you know it's a work. And, yeah, I, I just don't think that you waste that and, and have him, um, him go babyface. It just feels like a waste. To me, yeah, no, that's fair. I, I'm, I'm very curious to see what Kenny Summer is going to look because uh, me and Josh were having this conversation about uh, comparing Roman and Kenny and their title reigns, and I feel like there are some similarities where both of them really haven't had a lot of clean wins. Like Roman had the recent clean win over uh, Daniel Bryan, but I feel and like and Mania as well. That was I. That was clean to a degree. There's still a little bit yeah. of smudge. Yeah, had no, Jay, I think that was pretty clean. I I still think my my thing is they still had Jey Uso. If you didn't have Jey Uso, if he'd gotten thrown out and had no involvement in the last ten minutes, then yeah, it would have been clean as a whistle. This isn't quite as clean as a. Uh, it's clean. not clean as a whistle, but it's pretty damn close. It is it is pretty damn close, but it's it's not clean as a whistle. It, I think to me, if you didn't have Jay come out in those last ten minutes, then that would have made uh, that would have helped make Roman ten times more. I think having Jay be involved 
it it needs to stop. If you want to get Roman to the next level, he needs to lose the uh, interference and just start murdering people, much like he did I, Daniel Bryan. No, I, I disagree. I mean, if you want him to be a heel, he needs that. He needs mm-hmm. to be to cheat to win when you know he's good enough not to. That's the point. You know he doesn't need to, but he does anyways. Uh, it's not I like a guy like That's MGF where you feel like MGF is is good but not good enough without the cheating. You know, uh, yeah. I don't know. I I feel like he I feel like he needs a couple clean wins under his belt. I think he needs he needs like you can have moments where you're Look, facing someone like Braun Strowman and Jay gets involved, but I feel like for certain for certain matches like SummerSlam, like when he faces Cesaro, which will probably be what. Money in the Bank, SummerSlam, somewhere around there, he has to beat Cesaro clean. He doesn't need Jey Uso in that match at all. He can beat him clean. And then that just, I, I think that would drive All that does more... is make it so they can't have a rematch. Yeah, that... that should be the point for WWE is start having fresher matchups consistently instead of going through these three month program, uh, three to six month programs. No, but even things... then, in, in a year's time, would you even want to see it? You, you know. Well, in a year's time, you... I I think after a year's time, I think that gives you enough time to reset everything. So I I think absolutely you could do that match again, but I I think you need to. I think Roman needs a couple clean wins. I absolutely think he needs to have clean wins. I think that drives people more crazy. Having, I'll having... tell you the truth. Okay, I mean, Ric Flair never got clean wins. Mm-hmm. You know? In his entire time, he would usually lose by uh, because they had the rule where, uh, you know, you would get disqualified for throwing somebody over the top rope. That's how he won most of his matches at house shows or lost most of his matches at house shows. That's, that was the common finish uh, with just about everybody. Uh, you know, or or the horseman would interfere. I mean, the fact is that we're seeing Roman Reigns as a heel get wins, even if it's due to outside interference, is new. Because I'm used to a heel champion being like, uh, you know, Seth Rollins, where he won at one point when he was champion, he won one match in four months. I mean, yeah. not clean. He won one match in four months. Yeah. Or even I, like when The Miz was champion. Yeah. Yeah. I just think you could make Roman look a little bit stronger. I think you can make him look a little bit more, almost to Walter level. That's kind of where I'm kind of aiming for, is get him kind of to Walter. Because Walter doesn't need anyone interfering. Walter just murders people. That's kind That's of where he's, I'm... he's freaking Walter. He's I... the greatest thing walking the planet. He's like, he is, he feels, he's the only guy in all of WWE who feels real. Like, like you're like, oh, that guy's, Everybody else is faking it, and, and, and it's, and it's a, a work. That guy's actually fighting people. It's Walter. All right. Uh, I, wanna, I know we've got a few subjects we want to get to really quick. So uh, I know there's a big one, Brian. I want to really, really, really quickly, since you guys didn't see it, wanted to talk about the A&E theme for this week with the biographies really quickly. I, uh, I have to say I, I'm about to watch them. I found a place to watch them online. Okay. So uh, I, will, I will be watching them definitely. So all I'll say is this: it's it's very interesting that the 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 Piper one and the Austin ones were very fluffy for the most part. You know, they didn't talk about Austin's domestic abuse at all, uh, and Piper was relatively clean. And then this one, it got really. I, I, so I won't spend too much on it since both of you are going to see it, but it got really really dark on Randy, and there's a lot of warts. The and the worst part is there's way too much Bob and Love Sponge, which so, really really annoyed I, me he, he should not i have heard that all. i have heard yeah. that josh i understand that that's not anything to do with wwe that that's yeah. just the direction that the that the documentary yeah. film crew that put this together decided to mm-hmm. go and the other ones yeah. decided not to go that they were done mm-hmm. independently they're not it's not like they're being done by one group every one mm-hmm. of these documentaries is being created by a completely different creative yeah uh team completely different set of producers videographers everything so okay uh so the fact that they did that, it's, uh, it's not so much a hit piece on him, I think, as much as that was just the direction they decided to go, and the others decided to avoid it. Um, and with Piper so the warrior and, and Austin. interesting then. That's, that's the one, right? Is What is this warrior yeah. one going to be? Because he's a piece of shit. I've never met well, a warrior. I don't, I don't like him. I think he's a piece of shit human. And, there's, and, and it's, it's, he is. He, yeah. he absolutely was. Uh, 
you know, and it's very interesting because that's going to be coming out almost the exact same time as the Dark Side of the Ring is coming out. Oh. Um, right? Oh. So it'll be very interesting to compare and contrast. Pillman one's out tomorrow morning, by the way. Yeah, that's going to be yeah. spectacular. Yeah. I think that's the one which has a lot of uh, Dave Meltzer in it. It, does, uh, it yeah. has so, uh, Austin, uh, Pillman Jr., no uh, Meltzer, no, and uh, I think it does. I think it does as well. So, and I mean, uh, Pillman, uh, Pillman Jr. wore his father's tights, and his aunt was in the crowd. So I thought that was as a nice little thing. I think uh, I think Pillman didn't like. I didn't like the acclaim line. I thought that was kind of fucked up. Oh, that we'll see you on Dark Side of the Ring? Yeah, I thought it was fucked up. Just eh. with Tillman there. I didn't like it. Eh. I don't know. It's didn't just, bug me. Didn't bug me either. Any, it's just anyway, a way of getting so, heat. It's just a heel getting heat. Sure. Uh, he probably so, yeah, asked permission. Um, I, I, won't, I won't get in too much with it because I know you both are going to see them. Booker, Booker's coming up this week. And anyone that doesn't know the Booker T story, it's a really cool story with everything with Book. So I, I think that will be like a you know pretty fun story to hear the Booker T story, but uh, I think the one interesting thing about the Randy one is it's the first time we've really heard Gorgeous George talk about him, which we've never really had. So that part was very interesting to hear Gorgeous George talk about Randy's time in WCW and yeah. their relationship, and there's a few, again, disturbing things in that. I just thought the one part that really just really threw me off was I just didn't like any of the Bubba the Love Sponge stuff, and they talked about the feud that the radio feud he had with him and Hogan. I'm like, no one cares about this. No. Like, you're making that a bigger deal than it really was. No, that was no big deal. And anything yeah. that Bubba is a lying piece of crap, as yeah. is as is Hogan. So yeah. I mean, anything with them, it just doesn't need to occur. Um, well, like, I am curious. Can you tell me what's his? We, we, sorry. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I just. What were you gonna say? Hogan always is like, oh, I'm so glad we made peace, brother. And I've heard so many people say they didn't. Well, I didn't. Come on. Like, there's no way he made peace because everything we've heard about Hogue, uh, Randy, like Jake has been, Jake has been kind of a big person of like, Randy just didn't. He he shut himself out from the industry, from Andy yep. everybody. He shut himself out. So I don't know when he had this mysterious meeting with Hogan. So it was coincidentally right before the death, brother. Right before he died, man. Like two weeks before he died, brother. You know what, brother, dude? Let me tell you, dude, brother, brother, dude. Uh, uh, turns yeah. out that uh, we made peace, dude, brother, brother, dude, brother, brother, brother. I don't think dude, I would have been able to live with myself, man. Yeah, well, whatever. Just, it's just like Vince on the Andre Dock, where he's like, "Do oh, you remember like... the last thing?" You... Oh, good, sorry, Joel. It, it, it's just like when you when he says, "Do you remember the last thing you said to Andre?" Nope, don't remember at all. It's like, mm, <laughs> sure, Vince, sure. <laughs> well, it's it's like Jerry yeah. Lawler's story in this morning. He tells a story like Jerry Lawler's like, we were getting ready to watch, we were getting ready to do the prep for the show, and then all of a sudden, there it is on Saturday night. Randy Savage is on there, and we had no idea. I'm like, Jerry, that's, Vince announced that's a Luger. Beforehand. That's Luger, you idiot. Well, and Vince, uh, Vince, a month beforehand, does the thank you, Randy, for everything. A month beforehand. Well, and because he. Because he doesn't show up in WCW until December. Like, I think it's, I think that clip with Vince is back in October. And I don't think Randy shows up until December. And if I remember correctly, uh, in Brett's book, he mentions that uh, uh, Macho Man drunkenly calls Vince and tells him he's going to WCW. Uh, I seem to remember in his book that. the la- at the last second, they decided they didn't want him to have the belt, and at the last second, they were going to put it on him instead of Brett. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, either way, I mean, what I'm curious about it, it can you tell me? Um, you know, you have like Gorgeous George on there, and, and there's disturbing mm-hmm. stuff. There's disturbing stuff, obviously, with Elizabeth. Did mm-hmm. they have his 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 wife at the time that he passed away on no, there? No, and and Melter and John Pollock have both brought this up that it's weird, interesting in the. WWE version and now this version, she has not been part of this, and she's never spoke about him afterwards. Yeah, that's, and that's very right. interesting. I, I just, I just find it really interesting. And then the dark side of the ring uh, stuff they did, she wasn't part of it either. Mm-hmm. They have some unseen footage of an interview from Randy from 2000 that they put stuff in there that was very interesting, though. He did a shoot interview about that time. I remember. Was that like uh, at what was that point? Like an RF shoot. 
No, it wasn't even like RF video. It was like some just journalist or something, you know. And it was it wasn't very good quality tape or anything. Like yeah, that. I remember that one was, then. Yeah, it was on YouTube for a while. I'm not sure if it still is. It, he has a red shirt on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. That's the one they used. Yeah. And he's not even really talking in his Randy voice. No, no. Uh, Lanny Poffa was barely used in it at all. By the way, I didn't know Lanny Poffa was born in Calgary. You probably should have known that, but that, that was... Uh, I had I no clue. Lanny yeah, Lanny Poffa was born in Calgary. I had no idea. Well, yeah. you know what? You Maybe maybe they had, had enough BS already fed to them from Hogan and, and, uh, and the Love Sponge that they yeah. couldn't take one more pile of it coming out of Lanny's mouth. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, so yeah, it was a very interesting one. I, I love the, the Austin one was super fun because they got, you know, Dwayne and, and a bunch of people and their Piper was fine. Like I said, Booker will be good. I think all eyes are going to be on the warrior one Yeah. at this point now and, and what that warrior one is going to be like, especially with what the warrior ward means and everything like that. And, you know, even if they do have filmmakers, it will be interesting to see. And the, the last line is that I wanted to point out to this. And this was just fucking stupid. So they had this actor, Dan Soder, who I believe is in Billions. Um, and he talks about, so they talk about Randy's death. And he, he, he's like, man, you know, Randy had to love the way that he, he died. He's like, that was, he, if you probably ask Randy Savage, that's the way that he would have wanted to die. Heart attack and crash into a tree. That's like the main way Macho Man wanted to die. And then he did like the Macho Man voice, which I'm not going to repeat it in what he said because it was really fucking stupid. He did like the Macho Man voice, like, yeah, dude, go into a tree and then get a heart attack. That's the way I'm going to go out. I'm like, why did you guys keep that in? That was fucked that up. That sounds awful. Yeah. That sounds like in really poor taste. Yeah. And they kept like, it in. Really like, poor taste. Terrible. And he did it in the Macho Man voice, which the guy, like, oh, he does a fantastic Macho voice. Everybody can kind of do a good Randy Savage, right? It's not that hard. No. Um, but yeah, I was like, I was just shocked they kept it in because like that's just messed up. Why would you put that and keep that in the dock? Yeah, so, I, that, that's mind blowing. Honestly, that's weird. That's just yeah. that's weird. I don't know what else to tell you, man. Yeah. So just one of the mentions. Those are, those are a few points from the dock. Obviously, you guys will see them. Um, I don't know if you guys will get into the Booker one or not. The other cool thing is they have the Hidden Treasure show where they kind of, because it sounds like they're going to build a physical Hall of Fame. So they've been trying, they get the wrestlers to go and find old pieces of uh, attire that they used to have or memorabilia. And did I tell you guys I have, uh, I have Randy Savage in-ring war gear? No. No. I own some Randy Savage. I own some Randy Savage. Um, I see if I can actually, you can actually find the picture of him wearing it, like online wow. and stuff like that. It's, it's, uh, it was when he was, uh, wearing his, it's a, one of his tops. I'll, I'll go take a picture of it. I might share it with you right now. Just right. cause uh, let me put you on mute. I'm going to, I'm going to go find it and share it with you right now. Okay. Well, I guess I'll we'll... get to the, I'll get to the next topic, Joel, which is, so we talked about Roman and the match against Daniel Bryan and, he beat Brian, and you know, at that point it was he's off SmackDown. So I think we all kind of thought, oh, maybe he's going to NXT, maybe he'll go to Raw. Well, right now he's not even in the company, which is insane because that was broken yep. by uh, Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful.com, and that blew up like that was a late night news drop for him. And yeah. then everyone else started to confirm it, and then they're like, yep, yeah, Daniel Bryan is not in the company. Brian Danielson is a free man. Yeah. Well, we've had this conversation. As a wrestling mm -hmm. fan, you always like to fantasy book. And you like to think of Brian versus Tanahashi, Okada, Ishii, Ibushi, even though I don't want to see him face Ibushi, Kenny Omega, <laughs> who he had incredibly high praise for Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. But ultimately, I think this is Daniel Bryan showing how incredibly smart he is, and he's doing the Randy Orton playbook, and he is just going to use this to get a nice, really massive payday from WWE. Uh, I think Bryan's pretty beat up physically. He was talking about how uh, screwed up his neck is. I think there at one point he said he couldn't pick up his kids because of how, how much uh, his neck was bugging him. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I do think Bryan... Uh, uh, 
as fun as that tour would be to see Daniel Bryan do Bryan Danielson, the American Dragon, I I don't think he could go at the capacity that he would want to. And at the clip, are you talking about him in the G one or? I don't. Uh, There's no free agent right now. There's no fathomable way I see Daniel Bryan in a G one. It's just physically the what the state that he's potentially in, unless he takes all this time off to heal up and then go do the G one. I just don't see him physically doing it, and I don't want him to physically push himself to. uh, what was the what was the wrestler's name from the wrestler? Uh, uh, Robbie the Ram. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see Brian end up like that, and I don't think he will. But uh, I mean, if you if you can get Brian to do a couple matches, Kenny Okada, Tanahashi, I think that would that would more than suffice. But ultimately, I think this is Daniel Bryan's way of getting a nice big the Brink truck from uh, WWE that can pay for all of his family's needs. Yeah, I, like I, 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 I guess just got to say, uh, I could not find it. It's not where I thought it was. So okay. I'm going to have to, uh, uh, but it's uh, in ring, ring-born gear and a certificate of authenticity. That's awesome. And everything. That's all. Yeah, so, so I will find it eventually and, and sure. share it with you. Sweet. But uh, yeah, please go on with uh, Daniel Bryan. What were you saying? Uh, uh, I, I, w- I was just going to quickly say, I don't know what's left for him in WWE, personally. Like, I, I don't know what peak there is. I guess there's a loyalty factor there. But, you know, there, there should be really no loyalty in that company for what we just saw with what they did the Chelsea Green and Mickey with the trash bags. Last um, two years. The last two years, yeah. Like, firing people in the middle of a fucking pandemic when you just made billions of dollars in deals. Um, but... I, I just think like there's just so much more opportunities for him to have matches against Okada, against Tanahashi, against Omega, you know, against Joe and Impact or wherever Joe goes to go have a tour back in Ring of Honor for what that can mean. I don't know what what's left for him in WWE. Like, oh right, he won the WWE title again. Who cares? Like he won the Royal Rumble finally. Who cares? Like I don't think there's anything left there outside of if they made an intergender title and he could win it with Bree. I don't know what's what's there for him in WWE anymore. And, and quite frankly, I think it's very telling that uh, Edge was more over as a babyface than he was during that match at WrestleMania. Oh well, Morton, he didn't want to be in the main event. Vince put him know. in there because he didn't. Oh, you knew, okay, yeah. He didn't yeah. want to be part of it, so I'm sure that was a big part of him leaving at this point. Well, and. He- <laughs> And it goes back to uh, Brian's point after Mania where he said he felt burnt out and just didn't feel Mania. And we were talking about it uh, when that quote came out. And you got to wonder if uh, Brian being in creative for SmackDown and having a little bit more of a creative input and now having conflicts with Vince and constantly kind of butting heads on things, Maybe Brian's hit that point that it seems like a lot of really good creative people hit with Vince, where they're like, "I'm fed up with this, and I I don't want any part of this anymore." Now, hasn't he said that he's he wants to do some groundbreaking work with the WWE mm-hmm. out, outside of what's happening in the ring? Yeah. Yes. So I mean, that's the that's the X factor in all of it, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, does would he burn that bridge, or would they welcome him back? I think they'd welcome him back, anyways. Oh but, yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah. I mean, that is the X factor. I mean, if he if he really wants to do that, um, uh, the best place for him is AEW, you mm-hmm. know. And then he could have the occasional matches el- elsewhere, and uh, you know, he'll only work about twenty matches a year. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, I mean, he'll he'll have a lot of creativity, uh, freedom creatively, and and everything. That that really is the best place for well. him. But well, uh, I say that as an AEW fan as well. So, you know, well, I mean, and, and Morton, take that for what it up, is. I brought this up with Joel. How fast would an American Dragon shirt sell for wrestling teams? Could outsell Orange Cassidy. Could it sell outside the Bullet Club? You know, it could. It could. Yeah, it would be it, huge. It would, he wouldn't would find... He would, he would not be uh, back working bingo halls like, like the promos would say about him. No. Uh, you know, that he it will fire you and you put your back work in the bingo halls. Like even a couple of years yeah. ago, there was some promo, I think, 
with Shane McMahon saying something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, ridiculous. I mean, well, the guy would make a lot of money when he leaves. Not not WWE money, but pretty damn close. Yeah, and I I think I don't think money has ever been a thing for Brian, but I do think you know he has a family, so that could play a different well, role. Well, like and I told you, Joel, Free is making more than enough for them. Like I don't think. Brian even has to worry about the money because I'm sure Brie may even be the breadwinner of the family as far as merchandise and money. Well, and she still has a relationship with the WWE and that's not going to end anytime soon. No, and she has Little Diva's money. She has Birdie B money, which is their like athletic Lululemon kind of stuff that sells very, very good. Um, And it is kind of broken through to the other side of of retail, which is always a hard thing to do. And they've done a good job with that. And then they also just have the normal Bella gear on WWE.com and have their whole Bella army, which is super powerful. And if they have a comeback, those merch is going to rise up as well. So money is not a problem for their family, I'm sure. Money is not a problem for their family. They named their kid Birdie. I still can't get over (laughs) Birdie. Birdie B. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I think we all think that Brian's going to go back, but it's. I, I think we're all kind of hoping that he doesn't. I just think I that sums it up. Yeah. I like. I mean, here's the thing. It, we were talking about great world champions, and obviously, the greatest world champion of our current lifetime. Maybe Morton has a different view because he's older, but to me, the greatest champion I've ever seen is Okada. That run that he had with the IWGP heavyweight title just was incredible. It was it was something to admire, and it made New Japan every every time they had a show must see. And just as it got closer and closer, you knew they were building to Kenny uh, Okada for in, uh, in at Dominion, and it was just that anticipation. To me, it's it's the best. But I think another title reign that. Uh, We'll get talked about more and more as time goes on. Is the eco champion Daniel Bryan? Just that run, just how he carried himself, seeing how he handled himself at a house show in Calgary with the Miz, uh, and just the Calgary kid, you mean? Yeah, the Calgary kid, uh, and the build to, and the build to Kofi. Like I just think Bryan's run there was was great. I wish they would. Because uh, they definitely started to put more reins on Brian and started to kind of muffle him a little bit with some of the things he was saying. But I think you should just let him say and do as he pleased because it was great. Like, I remember his promo for the food at the Royal Rumble. Like, it's something stupid. Or him going through, uh, like, the, um, the all the merch. Yeah. Uh, uh, just, just stupid things. And you could tell that Brian was having a ball just being an asshole about all of this. So, yeah, they they definitely, um, uh, they, they should just let him do his thing. But, I mean, he he's, he's done a lot, everything in WWE. He forced them to change WrestleMania 30. He and the fans created such a move that they're like, well, this was always the plan, guys. Look at what we had oh. planned all along. Yeah, <laughs> I love that narrative. It's my favorite. And I mean, that was it, always the plan. It's the same with Becky and uh, Rhonda at uh, thirty-five. This was always the plan, guys. We were always going to get you here. It's like so. Uh, the one last thing I want to talk about was trash bag gate. Uh, <sighs> it got Mark Carano fired. I will say really quickly, just on a side note, I, I really do love Nick. Con as a as a hire for WWE, I thought that was one of the best hires they've had in a decade. I really do like what he's, he's brought to the company. Yeah, he's he's a fantastic addition. It's the it's the smartest thing they've brought in is Nick Khan. Carano, we've known that was an idiot, and this whole trash bag thing. First of all, just giving that to Mickey after everything she's done, and then did you hear what Chelsea Green got in her trash bag, Mo? Morton? No, she got Natty's gear. A basketball oh, no. and another and another woman's gear. Oh. Yeah, it is embarrassing. They yeah. did the right thing firing Carano. They yeah. did the right thing getting rid of that guy and and yeah. you know moving on. It seems everybody with the name Carano is going to get fired. That's your mm-hmm. last name. You're going to do something that deserves to get you fired. Especially the Gina one. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and then obviously Mickey had the tweet because your favorite wrestler, Mo, she's back, Eva Marie. Eva Lucian. I can tell those are sighs of happiness. Don't worry, we fired Peyton Royce, Mickey James, and uh, Chelsea Green, three really good wrestlers. Billy Kay, you're really the entertaining wrestler, not a good wrestler. But three other really good wrestlers before Eva Marie. They've never understood why the crowd... She had nuclear heat, man. Yep. She had nuclear... They brought her in as a baby face and, and had her be a surprise like member of a team or something like that. Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. I don't remember all the details or something like that, but people... Do, she had nuclear heat. And mm-hmm. they, they never understood why people don't like her. Nobody can relate to her. Nobody ever will. She's not. She never got better. She's too. not like, likable Mickey, in any way, and she's like not Mickey even. Bella, and she's not like. She's not dislikable either. In a in a way that is fun, like MJF. She is. Mm-hmm. You know, people look at her and feels like a waste of skin. Well, it feels like they're going to give her the Emma gimmick that they never used. Yeah. Uh, or and like maybe even like the Liv Morgan gimmick that they never used. Uh, and she really sucks just, as a wrestler. Oh, she's shit. If she's a manager, I can get behind it. Maybe she could be an okay manager, but she can't be in the ring. But apparently she's been training for the last six months. And I was going to say, like, you know, we did see, like, you know, women that weren't good wrestlers get better. Like, Nikki Bella got better. She was never a great wrestler, but she was, uh, like, fine. She was sustainable in the ring to be average at best. The best match she probably had was against Natty, and we know the reason why that was the best match she had because of Natty. The um, last run but... she had, you'll remember, she was trained by her, like, she got one-on-one training for a year with Brian Kendricks. Yeah. You know? In it order to better. get, and never got better. Yeah. So, I, I don't know what the plan is there, um, but it is disheartening, like, and here's the thing, too. They fired Mickey because she was too old. She's five years younger than Mickey James. Well, T- Tamina's older than Mickey James. Shayna Baszler's wow. the same age. Uh, wow. Tamina's 43. You know? What? Really? Yes, yeah, she's 43 years old. Uh, Shayna Baszler's 41. You know? It, like, How old is Natty? Uh, 38, I think. Right. Like, like the fiery Mickey because of that and saying that she's it's too bullshit. old. Mickey, Mickey is going to have like a fantastic match with either Britt Baker, Deanna Peraza, I don't know who, but Mickey, I think this revenge tour from Mickey James for the last six months of this year is going to be phenomenal. And I think we're all rooting for it, too. Oh, yeah. I want to see her in Thunder Rosa, actually. That's the one yeah, I like. Yeah, that'd be good, too. I think that'd be, that'd be so Mickey's good. Just, and so, like, seeing Mickey's tweet immediately after, she must have been like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. And I think we were all kind of thinking that. Yeah, why? It's again. Why do you say the people that don't look old? She looks great. She doesn't look old. You wouldn't think she's. You know old. who's hotter? I, I, I'm not trying. You know, I know we don't do this anymore. We don't try to objectify women, and we're not about that. But you know what? Mickey James is much sexier than Eva Marie. A hundred percent. It's not even it's close, not even close, dude. No, it's no. not even close. One looks like a human being. The other one looks mm-hmm. like a piece of plastic. Yeah. You know, uh, it's not. It's not even close. No, I mean, it, it, she doesn't look old. And, and same thing with Daniel Bryan when they talk about how old he is. He doesn't look old. Like, it doesn't make any sense. They were doing it with John Cena at the end of his, his they, last they run. Just, did it talking with about, they, just talking about how old he is. And I'm like, John Cena looked the same as he did when he was 25. <laughs> not mentioning this with Randy Orton, though, are we? No. No, not yet. But I, I will, will say RK Bro is kind of, kind of warming uh, up to it. Yeah, I have to agree. Yeah, uh, I didn't think I would, but I'm like, yeah, it's kind of hard to. It's, it's I don't it's know. It's got that odd couple thing. So far, like it's actually kind of working. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's yeah, it's the only thing on Raw working, probably, but it's kind of working for me. I'm trying to think if there's anything else on Raw that's been good. 
the Charlotte <laughs> stuff is. I don't mind Charlotte's new promos, but the women's stuff is all over the place. Um, the tag match stuff is terrible. Like you mentioned, the the title stuff is terrible. The the stuff with Shelton and Cedric was dumb. Um, that was awful. Yeah, dude, that was terrible. Mm-hmm. Wasn't a fan of that. Um, and I just don't. And then like AJ and Almost are gone for three weeks. They come back. They beat New Day again. Uh, and I really don't like. I guess their faith maybe Lucha House Party. This is the problem with WWE. Like when they don't have you know, the rankings for people, right? It's like you can't know who like the next contenders really are. No, you can't. No, you can't. But then again, uh, uh, somehow you're you're mixing Osmo almost. How, how do you say his name again? Almost, 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 almost. Yeah, almost. Mention <laughs> you're mentioning him makes me think back to the very beginning of the podcast and. Uh, Joel going, their talent, they don't have the talent. They miss on the talent. Where's their talent scouts? The talent mm-hmm. scouts are getting guys like Omos. That's who they're mm-hmm. getting. They're not looking for MJF. Dabakato. General yeah. Z, sorry. Exactly. Yeah. You know? T-Bar. They're going backwards. They're going backwards. Yeah. They're going backwards. Because that's what Vince does when he doesn't know any better. Yeah. He goes to big guys when he doesn't. When business is down, he goes to big guys. Kali. Yeah, well, right. guess what? When your business was as hottest ever in the Attitude Era, there wasn't that many big guys. There was two, and it wasn't the big three. And there, yeah, thirdly three ones, three or where's three or four? But but they Kane, weren't the ones that turned. Kane, Big Show, Taker, and then I guess whatever Mark is. But Mark wasn't a big deal. Yeah, in Mark, the Mark Henry, and and you had yeah. uh, you had Viscera, I guess. Yeah, you know, so you had Bulga. a few big guys. Yeah, well, sort of. Yeah. Yeah, John Tenta wasn't doing much at that point. Yeah, it was, and that wasn't that wasn't for much of the attitude area. No, he wasn't around for too long. But, but uh, yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, right? Vince goes to them, but if you look at who turned the business around, it wasn't the big guys. Though, no. in fact, the only one who really was significant was the Undertaker. That's the mm-hmm. friggin' Undertaker. That's a, that's yeah. an outlier. He's you know, yeah. he's one of the special attractions all time in the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, did I miss anything, Joel? Um, Tommy Dreamer had COVID and thought he was dying. Oh. And he's, he has now decided he's not doing any more independent shows until he's fully vaccinated. And he doesn't understand why more have uh, decided to pull out from doing indie shows because he says it's too much of a risk. Mm. So. Makes sense. Did, was there, so I guess... I mean, for the bright side for WWE, it didn't seem like to be a super spreader there, and the and the UFC event didn't seem to be a super spreader from what we've no. heard. No, no, uh, you know and, what? The, the vaccination is not perfect, but it's pretty damn good, I have to say. Mm-hmm. And Made mine on Saturday, folks. Uh, what was it? And uh, Double or Nothing will be in full attendance. It'll be a packed house in uh, Jacksonville for Double or Nothing. I, I, I did. They had a hot crowd tonight, boys. Oh, that crowd, fourteen hundred people. About forty yeah. percent capacity. That was a hot crowd. It's so, going to be loud at double or nothing. And I money think money in the bank a full show. Then is money in the bank a crowd? Then obviously WrestleMania backlash won't be a full crowd, but will will money in the bank? Yeah, I think so. Or at least fifty percent capacity. I I yeah, just so wonder how many. I just wonder how many tickets they can actually sell. Because they had trouble selling at WrestleMania. Yeah. I mean, they legit had trouble selling at WrestleMania. So I wonder. It's interesting when Raw's and SmackDowns are back, what those do. You know, I I thought at first they would, everything, everybody would be so hot to just get out of the house that Mm -hmm. that they would do well. But I'm not sure now. I think the the honeymoon period for uh, WWE is going to be exceedingly short. I mean, the company is steadied. It's steadied its ratings. It's steadied everything. But Mm-hmm. But they're not a company with momentum. They're just a company that's steadied. You yeah. watch AEW tonight, and that's one thing. You definitely got the feeling this is a company with momentum. Man. Well, they don't just have the WWE stars. They have the young up-and-comers, like you guys are saying, Joel. Like, you, you think about it. You think, you think about the reaction Orange Cassidy got tonight. Man, when him and Kenny face off, because uh, I think that's probably what they'll do at Double or Nothing, 
uh, man, the reaction Orange is going to get there is going to be electric. And I think that you're going to get a lot of electric. Uh, like, there's a lot of people that they care about in AEW. Like, well, if it's Box and K- uh, like, you listen to the pop that Eddie was getting. Like, yeah, that's true. Like, and I think that just tells you everything. And Eddie Kingston's a guy that they could have had in WWE. He could have, they could have had him over tenfold. And he wouldn't have worked because they would have tried to ram a peg square into a, a round hole and just would have been like, why isn't this working? Well, this is your fault. And then chucked him away. They would have, they would have bought, bought, been so bothered by his body the whole time, they would have not have looked at anything else. Yeah. Just like yeah. they did with Chris Hero. And uh, I, I think that there's, I think that will, them versus the Young Bucks will get a good response. Uh, and I think Sheeta and Britt's going to get a good response. Like, I think there's going to be, I think Double or Nothing's going to be a hot card. And I think the crowd's going to help elevate the show. And I mean, you know, Orange, I, one of the things they did right with Orange Cassidy recently was also change his music. They went and bought some music book from the Pixies. Um, and and his new music fits his character a lot better. It was one of the problems I had with him. And it's little things like that that show they're willing to invest in the guys that yep. uh, that makes a big difference. Well, and I would not be shocked if uh, Tony Khan is trying to find out if he can get the uh, rights for uh, the final countdown. Because <laughs> if 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 Tony if if by some like I'm giving this like a five percent chance if they get Brian Danielson and they get the final countdown, and that's how you debut them is uh, a countdown clock, and you hear Europe's music blasting. I think I think uh, hardcore fans would be smart enough to know who it is, and when he comes out, I think that would be a thunderous pop. Hey, look, uh, Europe hasn't had a hit in 28 years. They'll take the money. Uh, and yeah. Tony, Tony's got money to throw around. I would not be shocked at all if Tony Khan was like, Brian, come on over. You can wrestle Kenny. You can do CMLL. You can do a hair versus mask match. You can do New Japan. You can do whatever you want. And we'll get your final countdown. And we'll all be good. And that's how we're going to end it. Uh, gentlemen, thank you for another great One Fall Pod. Everyone, you can find the One Fall Podcast on the We Talk Podcast Network with a lot of great other podcasts like We Talk uh, Music. And uh, what's the uh, the movie pod filled now? Uh, uh, it's the Cult Film Showdown, and there's a whole bunch of other stuff. Great, uh, Matt, man. Great podcast. Uh, WTC We Talk Comics is making an official return. We'll be back nice. on the regu- regularly. Um, this has been kind of like only when we had interviews, we've been doing it, but it'll be back on there. Interviews plus uh, a regular show back. And uh, yeah, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of stuff bubbling underneath the surface. Hell yeah. And we got everything from the Fresh Take Network. NBA playoffs are coming out. So we got that great uh, draft preview pod that Morton was on. We had a draft recap pod. Uh, we have some good guests coming up with uh, Fresh Take and uh, review of the Bad Batch. Uh, coming up tomorrow and the Invincible finale. So lots of good stuff there. And until next time, folks, cheers and enjoy the day, people. Goodbye! And good night, Ben!